I really haven't done much this week whatsoever. So I even well, just, you've been you've been anticipating something, I think, all week. I have been anticipating something all week, and I have plenty to talk about in that aspect. Yeah. Um, uh, I could, but before we get to that, yeah, before we get to that, um, I wanted to ask you: uh, Were you were you kind of actually what what Halo game are you playing right now? Uh, I'm rotating between Halo One and Halo Two. Okay. I, I just started watching some YouTube videos on the old gameplay to kind of uh, like it was actually the first time I've ever watched like Halo gameplay videos mm-hmm. and just to see kind of what the story was to see like kind of just uh, understand the lore why people like you are so hyped about it and what for today and like the game that or not the game yeah well the game mostly uh, we can talk about and, and the event in general um, but I guess before we get to that, before we get to the main talk of the event, um, I did watch a couple movies this week. Uh, I got um, I got into some Christopher Nolan, some of his old ones. Inception had its uh, its ten year anniversary. Oh really? So okay. I think like last you know, week. I yeah. have still yet to watch Inception. Really? I know. You've never seen it? It's weird. Because it feels like a movie I'd really like, but everyone just kept fucking yeah. talking about it. Where I'm like, I don't really want to. Has it, has it been ruined for you at all? Um, I know about the the ending scene, but like I don't know any yeah. plot details whatsoever. That's a hard one not to get kind of like talked about. Like that's probably like one of the more culturally relevant movies of our decade. So that's uh, yeah. I don't think I went into that clean either. I think that was just like the mythology of Inception was always just there before before i got to it well that's what i'm years, hoping right? i'm able to catch with tenant even though that just got pushed back again <sighs> man i who knows when that's coming. although it's it might honestly so sad um that, studios that. are reluctant to keep pushing it so it might only be delayed in the u.s and other markets might get it if it yeah, fares better I, I heard the same i mean us in canada like we're we're doing all like better i would say than uh the u.s and our movie theaters i think just opened up yeah. Or they're planning to. Um, I haven't really, really been keeping track of the local theaters, but... No? No. I mean, there's not much been active or going on, really. No, there hasn't even there hasn't been a new movie released in, in half the year. No, they're they're just playing um, classics to, to try to incentivize people to come back and spend a little money. Um, yeah, it'd really suck if those little, like, you know, like Princess Cinema and Waterloo, it's like... Yeah, a gorgeous old cinema. Um, mm-hmm. Really suck of that. Thing. I really hope those. I really hope it. You're saying survives it. Yeah. it. You know, I'll be. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going back in September, and I'll definitely be checking it out just in case. You know, and uh, if it's still there, you know, I, I might think it might still be struggling because it wasn't a, like a huge theater, and it did sort of rely on those older movies. Like they do special showcases in the older one, but they show the new ones in the newer side. Mm-hmm. So I definitely it's a it's a like good audience I think in the area for it for those movies. Did you, you watch know? the room with me in that theater? No, oh I, I missed it when God. when they came oh, when man. they came to Waterloo. Holy, I know what what an experience. I know what I really I really missed like missed out on that. I I I missed on the whole spoon 
spoon, and, uh, laser pointer, bring a football. It's insane. It's insane the amount of inside jokes that are within like this weird cult following of this singular horrible movie, right? It's like, oh my god! Like, obviously, I just heard Tommy Wiseau was trying to get the room onto Netflix, and uh, Netflix said no. Poor guy. What, like, do you know <laughs> like, how? Like, I don't know how Netflix makes their fucking money, but like, if you could play an ad before any movie, get the room on and play an ad before that, and I guarantee you, you make a million dollars. I mean, you might just get a couple signups off the room, like. <sighs> Because I know people, like, the people that have heard of that, like, it might, it's probably, actually probably not that hard of a movie to find online, but, uh, the, the myth of the room, the kind of the, the story of it, like, just keeps spreading, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, well, they, that's why Dave Franco and Seth Rogen and James Franco made that, that movie, the, um, yeah, Disaster Artist, which is, eh, yeah, it was decent. It was pretty funny, but like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty funny. And, um. I think it's just a good story. It's like, it's actually a, it was a good kind of hesitant to say biopic, but, um, good. Just like make, I, I'm a fan of those making of stories. Um, and that, I think, yeah, pretty good. Um, so you watched Inception, but obviously solid. Yeah. And <sighs> Tenet, man, like other than, yeah, like I don't want to say too much about Inception if you haven't seen it, but you know, like, just the levels of like depth in that story and kind of it's hard to think of, of of a person writing that like i i always think of inception being one of those movies that kind of blew my mind when i was younger watching it and kind of like uh made the whole movie experience just kind of like more of a more fan fantastical thing to me and i watched it pretty young i think my dad showed it to me when i was like 10 or 11 like 11 or 12 maybe and yeah, it was like kind of the modern day Star Wars, I feel, for a lot of people. You know, without being too childish, without being too spoon feedy and plot driven, like it is an action adventure movie of like the modern day blockbuster and kind of fits within those genre films. But it's like a damn like th- a thrilling movie, entertaining movie, um, deep movie, gets you thinking a lot. And, you know, like I'll just save the rest like for a post Cheney watching the movie discussion after you watch it we can kind of catch up on that but I mean like it's just it has me so looking forward to Tenet because this is his like biggest movie to date essentially um and he's apparently going to town like everything I've seen so far from the trailers he crashed a plane through a uh air hangar fun thing all practically fun thing about that in legit legit practical uh effects like holy yeah it's shown in the trailer um in his new like uh in tenant like they show the airplane crashing through a hangar but for some reason i don't know why i forget the reasoning why i read somewhere though like it was actually cheaper for him to do that practically Mm -hmm. than it was to to have it cg rendered cgi which is mind-blowing and like i don't know that might be his pitch to the studio every time it's like oh it's just cheaper you know like exactly let's just get it done let's just blow some things up oh that guy has a british accent he knows what he's talking about well yeah he fits the fits the part of a master director he looks the part too you know yeah he does he's um yeah i don't know we it's kind of weird sitting in the present like when you look back at like obviously you see spielberg and james cameron 
and those guys and I go back and I'll watch Aliens and like Aliens is like one of my fucking favorite movies of all time I fucking love James Cameron and Spielberg like everyone rags on Titanic Titanic's like actually there's a reason why it was so fucking successful it's because guess what it's a good movie um Mm -hmm. fucking E.T. and all that shit so it's like Oh, does does Cheney got a soft spot, soft spot in in his heart? You know what? I don't even a fucking. Little, uh, I don't mind love stories. I really don't like Notebook. Pfft, easy. I haven't seen the hey, Notebook. I I kind of missed out on that. Here's a, like here's a fun trick I learned in public school. Like fucking grade four to grade eight. Like chicks love those stupid kiss in the rain love stories. Um, and when they suggested it for like a movie night or something, guess what? I'd watch it because the girls would now appreciate me. I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. That's a good tactic. That I mean, not to say that it's tactic driven or anything like that. But oh like, no, it was completely tactic driven. But I was also pleasantly <laughs> yeah. surprised in the process of for yeah, sure doing so. But I mean, it must be the girl introducing it to you because it's not like, oh, look at this! I saw the trailer of this new Ryan Gosling movie. I really want to watch it with you. Or was it? Was it some of that also? Oh, I'll I'll watch the Goose for free. I love the yeah. Goose. I, my my go to is always the horror, the horror genre. I, I can't I don't know like there's something completely scarring in my youth to where I couldn't I can't get into horror um my parents said it's because I have like an overactive imagination where I can actually think mm. of the situation to where it can apply to my real life and I remember like is it there was um, Sorry, go on. it wasn't even a scary movie like you know alien versus predator obviously yeah right yeah yeah um my parents made me watch Alien vs Predator because we were having a movie night, and they just thought it was like a dumb action thing. It's like that; those those face huggers scarred me for life. Scarred me for life, and I couldn't sleep on one side of my bed because it reminded me too much of the scene to where the face hugger crawled up on the one side and attached itself to someone. It was that scarring to where it actually now change the way i sleep in the future to where and when was when was this does like this was this like, still happen uh, to you when you like yeah it's still like the way i sleep now was because of that because for a two-week period i would not face a certain way while sleeping and now i just sleep like that for the rest rest of my life most of the time it's um damn yeah so it's like i couldn't watch four movies <laughs> i know I know. And I wish I could because horror movies is like one of those like really community driven genres where it's like, yeah, um, yeah for sure. I, I, I have a lot of good memories of just like, uh, just like going to the theater with horror movies. I think those are the more, most like kind of stick out fond memories of movies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's very communal. You're right on that. Yeah. It's like, I, I see a bunch of people like they go and they go see, um, fucking, conjuring or some of these more insidious 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 was a big one when it came out yeah i remember like my entire grade like in high school kind of went to that on opening night and um or it was it yeah i think it was insidious and uh yeah that kind of has stuck with me that was a really scary movie but you have you wouldn't have seen that i guess right uh no no i didn't i did not bother um but there is a there's a there's two horror movies that are coming up that have really sparked my interest um and thank you for reminding me because i actually did want to talk about this because the trailer did recently come out um for one of them the first one which is coming out sooner or might have already came out it's called antlers um 
And it's I don't think I've heard of that. Okay, one. it's it's a smaller movie. Um, I know it's filmed, and I like to keep track of like Canadian film projects. So I know it's filmed in Canada, okay. and it's based okay, off cool. of um, indigenous um, horror myths of like the Wendigo, which is that's that's pretty interesting already. Yeah, yeah. so like Some, the uh, the cannibal myth. Um, yeah, okay. There's lots of I've always been sort of into the Wendigo. I remember. Um, I remember you getting on about the Wendigo, like one, like one night back in school and shit. Like, yeah, you you've gone on about the Wendigo before. Yeah, so the Wendigo is just looking forward to this. It's a cool, cool concept to me, um, in terms of like when we talk about mythologies and how they're used to sort of structure life in a way, and that's how they're used in the past. Where it seems as though like the Wendigo was used to entice people to not cannibalize each other during the winter, because the whole. Mm-hmm myth is like if you cannibalize and you eat someone it allows your soul to become a vessel for the wendigo spirit and then you turn into one and you turn into the like this mindless um beast that can never have its uh its hunger filled then it just mindlessly eats people so it's like it's one of those myths that sort of is unique to the culture because when you when you think about like the harsh winter conditions that the indigenous people like way back would have to go through in order just to survive. It's like they had to make this story up as a way to sort of keep their motivate them. Yeah. Motivate them to do the right thing, to do the right thing through hard times. So like that, they didn't have, they didn't have Spike Lee's do the right thing at that time period. No, exactly. So, um, to have a, like I've been in love with the Wendigo for a long time and to have like, um, uh, an actual like horror movie based around it. And it, um, it seems like it's done pretty well. Like the, the quality, um, and the, the premise of the story, it seems pretty good. So that's actually something I've been willing to give a shot. And there's another one. Um, the other horror movie I'm talking about is, uh, a Russian movie actually. And it's just so stylized and it's so cool. And, um, it's called Sputnik. And I don't know if we've talked about Russian films on the podcast before, but maybe we have in our own conversation, but there's something really cool about uh, the movies that are kind of like modern day Russian films. There's like a superhero movie trailer that I saw uh, that was kind of popular in Russian cinema that was looked pretty cool. And it's on Amazon Prime. Actually, we could probably watch it for the show. Yeah. But what's the one called that you're talking about? It's called Sputnik. Um, It's... Um, sort of, it's, uh, it's, um, indicative and it's, um, sort of a, uh, spiritual, not successor, but like it's, it gains a lot of inspiration from Ridley Scott's original alien to where it's about, it's, it's a sci-fi horror. So it's like, uh, someone comes home and he has an alien living inside of him. But it's like not the same situation as Alien. It's like a, when I looked at the trailer, it's it's a complete different situation. Like same premise of Alien enters body into human, but like an Alien, it was like a surprise shock. In this movie, it's like here's the problem. How do you fucking fix it? Mm. Right. So I'm kind of realizing in my head how many movies actually follow that premise in modern, like in popular f- films. There's Alien, right? Of what you just said, essentially, of the um, 
the alien inhabiting the the host, mm-hmm. right? And kind of like they make do with that situation. So there's alien, there's venom, which is because I was thinking the way you described that also like almost made it sound like a comedy, and I'm like that would be an interesting comedy right there. Uh, but that exists. I think venom is a pretty pretty funny version of that. But yeah, um, so in terms of horror movies, like those are two I'm looking forward to, and like the second one, I think it's like completely made by Russians. It's all in Russian as well, which is really interesting. It's it's nice to see. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cast now. It's all Oksana Fedor Bokotuk, Peter Fedorov. So it's a completely Russian cast. Yeah, looks interesting. Anyways, um. You watched some other movies, though? Uh, what else did I watch? Yeah, I watched... I watched... Uh, what's it called? This movie called JFK. An old movie. Very old movie. Uh, it's came out in... 1990... 1990... One sec. I think 1997? That is old. 1991. 1991, even older. Oh, man. That's weird to think that's an uh, old year. <clears throat> yeah, well... Over 20 years now, so it's definitely... Oh, fuck, that means we're old. But, no, the movie... Back to the movie. It's directed by Oliver Stone, if you're kind of familiar with some of his work. Uh, he's one of my dad's favorite filmmakers, and he kind of developed this collection of his films, uh, like special edition box DVDs and stuff. So I was just, like, spending the last couple of days going through, going through his films and stumbled upon JFK, which is... It's one of those movies. It's a historical film, um, not about JFK himself, not about the the president or his life, but it's about the assassination of JFK. So the premise of that alone sold me. But I was never hooked from the title. I guess kind of like seeing it around, like you know, whatever. It kind of made it seem like maybe this is a biopic movie or something. But this movie is about the the district attorney who um, in Washington was investigating the assassination was kind of the only one investigating the assassination uh like or taking it seriously and did you ever kind of like get into the conspiracy theory of jfk's assassination like not to get too much into conspiracy talk or anything like that but was that um was that a field of interest for you um all i know is that jet fuel can't melt steel beams um and the only real exposure I've had to the JFK assassination conspiracy was through Discovery Channel's old reruns of Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory. But yeah, that's about it. I remember those. <laughs> yeah, it was a Navy okay. Seal. So you never you never heard about the the magic bullet conspiracy? No, I have or heard about controversy. That. Um, yeah, Jesse okay. Ventura plainly said, "Even I, a Navy Seal, could have made that shot." Right. Yeah. That's uh so this movie is kind of which I still can't believe the government actually tried to get away with like so giving that kind of an explanation. Like that was basically my whole reaction from the movie was just like I can't believe this shit actually occurred. Um but the movie was kind of from his perspective, the perspective of this DA who is really getting in depth of the investigation and you know, Oliver Stone's filmmaking style, like this movie really made me want to kind of dive deeper into his films. Um but he gets to like he really gets to the bottom 
of the truth. What he wants to find is the truth. Is it of objectively the truth? Is it sort of like a mixture? Because you get films like that every once in a while. I can't really think of any other ones, but like it's the mixture of mm-hmm. journalism with dramatization. Yeah, that's like a modern day trend uh, where the focus is on the journalists nowadays. Uh, th- I mean, there were old films that kind of did that, but this is more on like the lawyer, I guess, right? Uh, we don't really see that as much anymore. But yeah, similar format, very similar kind of taking you, th- weaving you in and out of Washington politics and, you know, kind of the nature of all that. I Maybe this movie might have coined the term House of Cards. I don't know, but I heard it in this and I was like, that makes sense kind of to me what the, the terminology is or whatever um but yeah kevin costner also stars in this um i i liked it you know i'm not a huge kevin costner fan but it was one of those movies where you just saw, saw the guy and fitting in there doing his thing you know play the average white dude lawyer and like killed it you know um but like just it's it the reason i think i liked it a lot was it was like relentless in getting to the truth of like what really happened and you know like i'll leave people to kind of research on the on the the film or the kind of the history of the conspiracy and stuff like that but essentially it goes on to prove that what the explanation was for the assassination is all bullshit and like the amount of research you can kind of see like how oliver stone must have gone into for his research it's like very layered and just kind of he must have talked to so many people and kind of got involved in so many different things that it's just crazy you know like you can't help but think about all that while you're watching it i know yeah oliver stone hasn't really like made many newer films like he his career is kind of like really slowed down compared to what he used to bump out yeah he used to he was really active in like the 80s and 90s kind of going to the 2000s even he was um but he kind of like remained within the same realm of ideas or like the same kind of themes that he was working with so i don't i don't know what he's he's been doing the last couple of years he was on joe rogan very recently and um he was kind of joe rogan asked him if like are you gonna make a film about today's politics like all the fuckery that's going on today and stuff like that and uh he basically said like he's kind of working on other stuff. So I think he's kind of, he's staying busy. Um, hopefully he releases some new stuff. I would love to see it. Isn't he coming but, out with a book? Sorry. Isn't he coming out with a book? That's what I thought. He'd... He's coming out with a book too. Yeah. He said he's getting into like, he wants to write more books or something like that. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Like the, the amount of information this man kind of must know, you know, like the amount of people he's talked to, it'd be an interesting, uh, kind of read. I think. Yeah. My immediate thought was, because I, I, I'm not really that familiar with his work, but if you're saying it's like more of a journalistic take on, you know, on a, let's say like a singular perspective on a certain conspiracy setting within American history, my first thought was like, okay, well, I want him to do an Epstein movie. Because, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's I think. Yeah. Again, not to get... I think Joe Rogan, like, directly asked him that, too, basically. Like, exactly what you just said. Dude, like, it's so cut and dry. I'm sorry. But I, that's... No, but that's the, like, moment of, like... That's kind of, like, our historical... You know, we're kind of drifting in our conversation a little bit. But that's okay. Th- th- that's kind of the, our touchstone 
conspiracy of today. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would kill to see an Oliver Stone take on this. Like, But, you know, we're still living it. Like, we have to wait a couple years for this all to kind of uh, wrap up. Yeah. I mean, they just caught his girlfriend, right? So... Yeah, uh, yeah, but th- she's not. She's not even going to trial for for a year. For a year. So that's that's a long time. So yeah, like I mean, yeah, like to court, she's not going to go for a year. Well, <clears throat> do you think they could give her a really slow poison? <laughs> well, the, the the question is: is is she going to be like, is she going to be suicided before, after? How what long? a term like, that you know, is. Like, what a term. You know, I'm going to suicide somebody. Jesus Christ. Anyways. That's, but okay, yeah, I just wanted to say one thing. Like, because we're kind of linking the uh, assassination of JFK to Epstein and stuff. Like, there is a small line that kind of follows from that event that happened 19 whenever, you know. I'm not a history buff. I don't, I don't know too much about dates, but. Whenever that happened, there's a line to, to what's happening today in the world. Um, and that, that film, JFK, really showed me that. Like, who is in power? Kind of like, what is real power? The president is like a puppet figure, essentially. Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into like deep conspiracy politics talks, but this is definitely a movie if you're into that kind of stuff or if you're into uh, just learning about history or different perspectives of history. I would recommend this and I really liked it. Cool. Which I know you are, you're into history a lot. So yes, I am. Yeah. You, you would, you'd be into You'd be into this one. Yeah. And conspiracy. Yeah. So, so, uh, anything else for you? <sighs> Not really. No. I mean, if you want, you can get into, cause I've just been continuing what I've been doing is just cycling through Halo one and Halo two. Been dabbling a little more yeah. in the online multiplayer. Um, trying to get some memories back there especially with halo reach stuff there's not there's not a huge playlist for halo reach stuff though which sucks but um oh. what's your favorite what's your favorite been for halo so far of the older games it's tough because both the older games still piss me off like in terms of the campaign they still piss me off a lot um halo 2 is rightfully criticized for it's higher difficulties, especially it's legendary difficulty. It wasn't really play tested. Um, and therefore like when it was launched and when people try to play through the legendary difficulty, it just was broken. It's like, um, and then Halo one is like the saves are, the saves are a little clunky or the, the checkpoint systems a little clunky, you know, but you, you kind of got to give it slack because again, this is 2001 and 2004. Yeah, I mean they were kind of pioneering for the first time those kind of Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're judging, you're criticizing from a, a, a like a very in the future kind of stance. Yeah, I gotta. Sorry, dog. I gotta keep it. Um, definitely keep it back to how mind blowingly incredible these games were for back for for when they were put out so and i still am i like it's not like these are my favorite video games of all time so i'm not like i'm being extra hard on them because when you really love some something you find the faults right 
you find those yeah. extra no then you'll you'll try and tear it apart and try and figure it all out yeah exactly so but um I, yeah i i kind of got into the halo story for the first time and i want to tell you about that okay here's the thing about the halo story and before you talk to me about it a lot of people hype up the halo story right i don't hype up the halo story i have but hype up the campaign because the single player gameplay is is great right a yeah, lot. I want you to sell me a bit on the gameplay because I'm not sold on it. And that's all I've always never been sold on Halo gameplay for some reason. I know there's diehard gamers that will defend it to its, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. There's something about it that just never really appealed to me from the design, from the way it flows, the way it looks like. I don't know, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, the story, everything else, like the story wise, lore wise, the stuff that they set up appeals a lot to me. I find that shit cool. Yeah, so it's why well, I've sort of figured you would, considering it involves heavily a lot of sci-fi, sci-fi military, and sci-fi politics, right? Um, once you get into like the like the politics and like the backstories, and there's like it it's deep seated lore, and the lore is cool. It's deep, yeah. It's really deep. It's kind of. It's generational, which is something cool. I find cool. Um, and it's it's like a history of a human race kind of story, plus all this sci-fi stuff with multiple alien species and their ongoing conflicts and stuff like that, which is cool. You know, there's a lot of different entry point stuff you can get into. And, like, it just makes me think, like, the title of Halo, the idea of it, could work so well as a movie franchise. If they really explored the origins of the oh, they've like, tried. exploration aspects of it. Neil Blomkamp was supposed to make a movie. I remember hearing that. Mm. But that did that happen or did that get canceled? What happened with that? Lots of different iterations have come in and been canceled. The one that was most significant was the Peter Jackson one. So the I didn't even hear about that. Whoa, so, Peter Jackson. Yeah, so make the director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy was going to attempt to direct a That's Halo cool. movie. And in fact, there's still concept art out there of certain aspects of that film like um i'm assuming since you've been seeing through like uh, reading through the halo stuff you've heard of the flood yeah so like there is concept art of flood infection forms and like it was it was really weird because it's like so he was getting he was getting into the origins a little mm -hmm. bit uh like from kind of starting from no 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 i think i think he was going more towards like the main conflict in which happens um, between the humans and the covenant, um, okay, which is like mostly everything. Like everything else is like books and comics and expanded EU stuff. And um, oh, okay, yeah. I kind of watched a really like generalized summary of it. Also, I don't know where where my knowledge is kind of sourced or rooted from. But um, yeah. What 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 was your experience with the campaigns though? Okay, campaign gameplay. Like, sorry, let's let's. I'll go back. The campaign story is nothing special it is what it was meant to be it was meant to give you a situation to where you could experience your power trip right it's just Mm -hmm. like doom Mm -hmm. right doom's story isn't some crazy thing right it's just a fun story that allows you to inhabit the doom slayer and go give you the situation the setting to kill demons right same thing with halo although halos is like a little more dramatized than whatever dooms is it's still the same premise right you're given this cyborg man. The purpose of this cyborg man, the Master Chief, is to give the player an empty vessel for them to inhabit and to experience the game and it's sort of a tribute 
themselves into his position and then put them in the position uh, or in a setting that allows them to just act out in a certain way, which is, guess what? It's really fun to shoot aliens. It's it's just... Yeah. yeah. See, it feels very arcadey to me, and but in a different... And that's interesting you brought up Doom because I wanted to compare a little bit of Doom to... Uh, a, infinite essentially the the we saw the game demo of halo infinite today which we'll talk about a little bit in this episode um but i it looked almost like arcadey in the same style but nothing really stood out for me you know and which one are you talking about here i'm talking about the gameplay kind of like the core gameplay of which games kind of what of of almost all of them like here's the thing And we can use this to transition into Halo Infinite in our talk about the Xbox event. But from what I noticed, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't played any of the... So I'll just put it out there. I haven't played any of the Halo games. I don't know too much about it. But just from what I've seen, it doesn't look like they evolved a lot or like in so much depth throughout the years. Like the core mechanics probably stayed very true to its form from the origin days. If it ain't broke, you don't got to fix it. Right, but that's where you're wrong. If it ain't broke, you don't gotta fix it. I feel that, but but that's where you're wrong. Yeah, go they, on, go on. They did change a lot. They did change a lot. Like not not one through one through three kept the same premise, and it's weird because Halo One the 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 gameplay loop that happened was sort of made by accident. I sort of touched on this before. It's like originally Halo was an RTS, right? So you had um, that's real-time strategy so games like starcraft and um command and conquer and stuff like that right so originally they had this rts but they had to convert it to a first person shooter and they did so but because of that it sort of created this accidental new sort of style of gameplay um because you had enemies that had previously been programmed in their AI to strategize because guess what? It was supposed to be a strategy game, but now it's a first person shooter. So now you're actually fighting uh, groups of enemies that strategize and have different. That would have been so cool to stumble upon. Imagine you're like a developer and you're like, we just created a genre of games. Right, exactly. The first person, like essentially the first person. So shooter. that was by accident. And then the whole That's so cool. multiplayer formula of utility weapon with secondary weapon. So in terms of Halo 1, um, while playtesting the game, they felt as though they needed to like beef up the pistol, and like the Halo One, it's like a meme at this point. Like, the Halo One pistol is one of the greatest weapons in video games, and that was by accident. But then it created this sort of gameplay loop where you have like the utility weapon, which is good at short, mid, and long range, but not like as good at long range as the sniper, or as good at short range as the shotgun, or as good at mid range as the assault rifle. Right, so you create this gameplay loop centered around a utility weapon in the multiplayer, and eventually they evolved that in Halo Two to be like more specific. Like the the pistol was accidental, but when they introduced the battle rifle in Halo Two as the utility weapon, that was on purpose. Right, so um, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh Jesus, the uh, evolution of the, like the gameplay. Right, right. Overall. Okay, sorry. So. That formula, in terms of strategizing AI within the campaign, right? And you get presented a a situation, and you sort of had to methodically 
It's kind of like it's more strategy based than it is skill based in a lot of ways. Like a lot of the difficult, the, like the difference in difficulty between the heroic, which is the second hardest difficulty, and legendary, which is the hardest difficulty, is just based on strategy. It's like in heroic, yeah, you can kind of get by on having a, uh, a good set of two weapons because that's the whole thing. You're only allowed two weapons. Which again harkens to all modern shooters get that from Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you have those two weapons. You can sort of get by on heroic difficulty, but in legendary, if you're presented a situation and you don't have the right two weapons for that situation, you're fucking toast, right? So this is this comes down to like level design or like level difficulty design, essentially. Yeah. Not it's not gameplay. It's not as much of a like ingrained into the gameplay mechanics of when you're combating ai enemies or whatever like when you're you know like that kind of enhanced challenge i guess you know will come when you're playing at the hardest level possible which no like her- that doesn't make it throughout the game it's a little disappointing like the, just to hear um what was i say heroic difficulties the second hardest one is the one they play test it and then they scale all the other difficulties around that so legendary is just an extra challenge like heroics the i guess you could say the the main the the main game essentially the true experience the true experience right right. so um so okay let's get into let's just get into the the new one right the one you've been waiting for your your Christmas morning, yeah. No, I want to hear it because we didn't even we texted a bit about it. Uh, I wanted to gauge your response a little bit, <clears throat> and you gave me just very vague, very few words. I'm not done. I'm so, not done. Hold on. So with, okay, okay. Sorry. All right. With one, two, and three, you had this gameplay loop, right? Both within the campaign and within the multiplayer, and a lot of it revolved around certain mechanics, right? It wasn't meant to be a realistic experience, right? It was meant to be a video game first. Right, and that's why in Halo Reach, which was the last one Bungie made, so you can't even blame the new studio three four three for doing this. Halo Reach introduced armor abilities, which was added to the sandbox. The sandbox being like the most important thing within the Halo game. Right, other games empower the player. Halo empowers the sandbox, and it forces the player to adapt to that, which is what made halo strive so much right so everyone's equal right everyone's like in terms of the of of the multiplayer everyone starts equal everyone gets everyone has the same movement everyone has the same abilities everyone has the same amount of health everything everyone has the same hitbox everything right in call of duty if you want a rocket launcher you just make a class and you put a rocket launcher in it and that's that in halo if you want a rocket launcher well guess what motherfucker there's one rocket launcher on the map and it's in the middle of the map and another guy on the other team is going to fight you to the to the death for it so it's like like when when you empower the sandbox that's how you get those crazy good engagements with people right it makes every yeah, sort it's of, a little bit like it's a little bit like dodgeball it's a bit like everything's here you gotta Race towards the the objective, right. right? Get the specialty weapon. It makes every fight that. But much is more every intense. game mode is every game mode like that, or is there a different? Well, no, game like, modes but like... that's the thing. That's the thing. Like the the amount of effort they put into the sandbox, and the amount of time they put into custom games. Like you can yeah. have this. I mean, that's cool. That's what I was just thinking. You could essentially custom, you know, with that much emphasis on the world or like the setting of where you play, you could have a lot of different game right. modes. You should be able. So to. not only can you have serious competitive shooter halo 
which was at the time the biggest competitive shooter out there, right? I think Halo mm-hmm. 3 at one point peaked at like 1.2 million concurrent players at one time. Like it was insane. Um, but then you also have like people make games um, like Griffball. They made a sport in Halo that where you um, have two teams and they have two different weapons, both of which are melee weapons, both of which do different things. You have the gravity hammer, which can kill you in one shot, but it also pushes things around you away. And then you have the energy sword, which kills you in one shot and it lets you lunge forward at people, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a ball in the middle and you take that ball and you have to run to the other side. But there's four people on each team and each team is trying to do the exact same thing, right? So like Halo... The amount of fun you could have in multiplayer was endless, and it it was accept, mm. like accessible to everybody, right? So you can have those super serious bro gamers that just love you know su- super serious hardcore gaming, and then you have people like me that like jumping into like su- certain custom games playlists and shit like that. Yeah, and and yeah, I hear you. It's a bit of like what GTA Online is today, yeah. right? Like where you can kind of get into whatever you want. Exactly. So that's like where the magic came from, and then you put on top of that a great campaign not necessarily sorry story was serviceable it was it did what it needed to do but a great fucking campaign that had crazy good level design especially in halo 1 this is weird and we'll get more into this in halo infinity but in halo halo 1 had crazy good level design it's particular two levels which i'll get to which is it's weird that these two levels are the inspiration for the entire new halo game but i'll get to that anyways when you get to three fourth, you can you can tell Cheney is very excited about Halo. Guys. Not excited, passionate. I don't know if I'm excited yet. Passionate. <laughs> the excitement and passion is coming out on through the mic and the video. But continue. I don't want to disrupt your. Phone. Anyways, so when you start to meddle with the mechanics of Halo, right, and not necessarily sandbox, you can fuck with the sandbox as much as you want from game to game. That doesn't matter. You can add and subtract things from the sandbox, right. But as long as the core mechanics within Halo are there, we can adapt around the sandbox, right? We can't adapt around the core mechanics. So in Halo Reach, when they introduced Spartan abilities like Sprint, right? It was it was sort of part of the sandbox, pseudo sandbox. You could still spawn with it, right? It was just something that allowed you to run. But like when you do that, you you it's it's crazy how much when you change like the mechanics of halo the entire game changes instead of just changing the sandbox right when you when you try to empower the sandbox or add things to the sandbox which they are doing in infinity which i do appreciate um all it does is it is it lets more creativity flow whereas if you change the mechanics it changes the game so when you add sprint now all of the balancing within the weapons, now all of the level designs need to be retooled to account for a sudden burst of speed, which was never there to begin with, right? So Halo 4, now moving on to the new studio after Bungie left Halo to work on Destiny, um, Microsoft's new studio 343 went in and they doubled down and they made Sprint mandatory. And it's like, okay, Right, I guess. Right, this was inevitable. Everybody would, all the eleven-year-olds would make fun of me because I played Halo and Halo didn't have Sprint and Call of Duty did. But um, anyways, but not only that, they added custom classes into your multiplayer, 
which was insane because everyone was supposed to start even. This was not what Halo multiplayer was, right? And But here's, here's what I want to ask about that. How long can you continue playing the same game, you know? I mean, I haven't, pl- again, I haven't played it, so I don't know as much of what you're talking about in the sense of, like, the betrayal of the things that kind of change, but, you here's, know, like, you know how I feel about here's the thing. how Advanced Warfare, when that changed Call of Duty, like, here's the thing. still... Halo 1 to 2, drastically better. Halo 2 to 3, drastically better. Core mechanics between the games, virtually unchanged. The amount of yeah. changes to the sandbox and the additions to the sandbox, like massive, and that's where the quality comes from. Is when you empower the sandbox, not necessarily a player, and that's where we get with the problem with Halo Five, which was the biggest dud in the series by far, because they just jumped on the mobility trend, right? They just gave all the Spartan abilities. They're called Spartan abilities. Yada yada yada. There was just advanced movement, like double jumps and boosters and clamber jumps and sliding and all that right they empowered the player but Halo's not about empowering the player it's about the core mechanics of halo surrounded by new and interesting ways to add to the sandbox and maybe but maybe it peaked with halo 3 maybe it peaked with halo 3 i don't know that's what it sounds like. It might sound like that kind of style peaked for sure, and now they're moving towards something different. Perhaps, and that's why I'm know? not as upset as I thought I might be initially, in terms of Halo Infinity. Hold on here. Let me take a drink. Okay, so let's let's get I'll into take a drink it. Of water. Yeah, yeah. Drink. Do you sort of introduce the segment. Yeah. So, as I was saying, Cheney has been super amped for this. I don't know too much about it. Um. So you kind of started off, man. I don't want to kind of lay down what my feelings were yet until I hear hear your interpretation as a fan of, of the thing, you know? Okay. So get into it. Just, uh, yeah. I know you have a lot to say. The, the conversations happening right now are not nuanced whatsoever. The conversations happening are people who are overjoyed and absolutely amped and I really am happy for them and then there's people like me who sorry then there's not people like me there's the other half which are just completely negative just absolutely pissed that you know this isn't the perfect Kayla game that they were imagining right and those two are fighting each other and then you have me in the middle, nuanced, thinking they're going right in some directions. And I'd be happy if they went into a different direction than others. Um, and I'm, I, we're just getting crowded out. So right now the Halo community is on fire. It's full of yeah. people. It's, it's, it's in a Star Wars kind of situation, as you yeah, put earlier. Yeah, um, not as bad. But uh, yeah. No, but it sounds like that's so common nowadays. You know, that kind of bickering. It's those it's kind these of legacy almost, franchises. Right? That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's too much dedicated fans with with keyboards, yeah. you know? Like just everybody has an opinion, like I said. But what what is some of the uh criticism I guess I get against uh, Infinity? Well, from from the core gamers or the OGs, I guess. Um it's been f- roughly 5 years since Halo 5 came out. 
And like the overall consensus, I guess, of the Halo community was um, Halo 5's multiplayer, as we've established before with the enhanced mobility, it's good. It's even fun. <clears throat> it's not Halo. Right? It's parkour laser tag. Parkour laser tag is really fun, and I enjoyed it for a bit, but I would have enjoyed Halo for longer. Because Halo has that sandbox that allows um, sustainability, right? And that's... So do you feel like these enhanced movements... Sorry to cut you off, but do you feel like these enhanced movements don't add to that sandbox value? No, because it takes away from the sandbox when you add to the player. and it's It's weird to say like that like because the player is limited and the sandbox is empowered right the sandbox holds all the power within like the multiplayer dynamic um because of that it's like the 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 devs are less restrictive and it allows creativity to flow right that's how you get rocket jumps that's how you get grenade jumps and brute shots and you get sword parkour and crazy different like you could like the skill gap between... Okay, that's also another thing. Like, Halo 5 was less, less accessible than other Halo games. Like, the earlier Halo games, like, were really accessible. It's like, it's not like a complicated, like, system to get around. A system mechanics to understand. Um, but, like, when you get to the higher levels, there's, like, advanced... There is advanced movement within Halo in the earlier Halo. It just takes that much more of a skill gap to understand and on how to move throughout a map. Right, you you take an MLG pro player from the early Halo games, and they could <clears throat> parkour around the map backwards because they just know the map so well, mm-hmm. right? And it, that's mm-hmm. that skill gap, that's that incentive to learn. Whereas in Halo Five, when you have so much power towards the player, um, stuff like projectile-based weapons in earlier Halo games, because most weapons in earlier Halo games are projectile-based, they're not hitscan-based, they don't exist anymore, right? So now, it's more of a... it's it's You can't even use your mobility, because most open spaces are not traversable, because every weapon needs to be a laser. And the kill times are so much shorter. Right? And, like, there's higher bullet magnetism, so it's actually, like, I don't know. The, the amount of overcorrecting they had to do just to put in advanced mobility to have, like, Halo gameplay was, quote-unquote, um, was too much. And that was sort of the criticisms. And they asked people, they asked them, like, please scale it back because this isn't Halo, right? Please mm. just let mm. it go back to that classic mode where it's just you have a movement speed and you can crouch jump and... and that's all you really need. Just add more to the sandbox, right? So mm-hmm. here's where I'm worried with Infinity is that it seems as though they're trying to please everyone. Yes, they scaled back on the enhanced mobility, but they still kept sprint, slide, and clamber, um, which is, you know, I, I, I knew it was going to be in there. I wasn't going to set myself up for disappointment like a lot of fans were um what did you think about the grappling hook that's different though because in the context of the campaign yes it's part of a suit but when i read it through an uh-huh. interview um the grappling hook is going to be in multiplayer it's going to be a power up along with the shield that they showed when with within the gameplay as well so it's like that's what i mean by the sandbox 
is like when you add stuff like that to the sandbox, that's where the creativity can fly, right? Sure, yeah. So it's not it's not just an automatic kind of thing. It's it's built into the game world yeah, in a way. Right? So if you look at Halo 1, Halo 1 had um like pretty limited amount of guns um and a limited amount of vehicles, right? Halo 2 adds the amount of guns, right? And it adds more vehicles with and new guns that do different things, right? So you have new guns in Halo 2, like the fuel rod cannon, which acts like a rocket launcher, except you can fire repeated shots and you can bounce stuff off walls, right? And it adds the energy sword, which allowed for some crazy MLG shit. Um, and it added dual wielding, right? So you're just adding to the sandbox of things that you can do. And then Halo 3 added, like, you could dismount turrets and carry them around for, like, a super powerful weapon, but it left you exposed. And they added more vehicles, and they added more weapons, and they added different um, item pickups, like a bubble shield or a shield drainer or um, a health regen station, right? So all they did is they added to the sandbox. They didn't take away from the core mechanics, right? So when you add to the sandbox, all it does is enhance the Halo experience. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like also with this game, it's the first open world game of Halo, right? Yes. Open world And map. again, um, this is where I'm cutting the game some slack because yeah, um, I don't think we're going to get classic Halo anymore, you know? Uh, I just don't think that's a possibility unless we have some sort of custom games um, abilities to turn off like sprint and turn off different movement, right? And you could sort of have a setting that has classic movement and stuff like that. Um, but here's the difference between Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST and Reach, and then Halo 4 and 5. The Bungie Halos, the early Halos, um, were just sort of doing their thing. They were trying something different, right? And leading the way in doing it. Whereas Halo 4 was sort of hopping on the Call of Duty train, adding custom classes and sprint and and different stuff like that. And then Halo 5 added on to the enhanced mobility trend. Whereas it really does seem like with this game that 343 Industries is trying to create another trendsetter. Like they're trying to do something that hasn't been done in a first-person shooter before. And that's this weird campaign that's open world. And, like, we really don't know much about mm-hmm. about it other than that. Like, like we have eight minutes of gameplay, and that's it. And to be honest, it's yeah. not good polished gameplay. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it wasn't the best look, I think, to sell the game. That's my first opinion, I think, on it is, you know, just off somebody who is not automatically gonna buy into it just off the halo franchise name you know if you were trying to attract me to buy an xbox series x and to buy halo or buy the console for halo specifically you know as your big franchise i don't think it did the job that they might have intended to um but at the same time i feel like they weren't even they might have not tried to do that they might have been trying to bring back like fans like you OGs kind of like people who know the game kind of trying to give you guys confidence a little bit in in what they're doing. What do you they're think? They're doing that within the art style. 
because that's another thing that we've criticized heavily within 343 is they needlessly changed the art style and what works so well within the Bungie games. And it was for them to craft their own identity is what it seemed. Um, but it wasn't mm-hmm. necessary. And it was sort of canonically, it was canonically breaking, right? It, it sort of broke the canon in terms of how the art style worked. And um, Yeah, don't break the no, canon. Just exactly, don't. and that's what they did. That should be rule of thumb. That should just be rule of thumb for anybody yeah. making anything. So, like, imagine... Oh, geez. I'm trying to make an example here. I think you showed me. You showed me some examples of... Where, of um, I was trying to, I was trying to do a Star Wars example. Chat also. But I couldn't think of one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's there's many uh, big noticeable like things like that in, in Star Wars. In terms of art but... style changes, I know. But, um, so, yeah. So, they, re- they returned to sort of that classic art style um like mm-hmm. chief in this game looks like the the the, the evolution in, of the armor the should have looked initially right yeah um looks just does this feel like a next gen game to nope. you and you know what right right so i'm not alone there too um whew. it's been five years this has been in development yeah. for five years yeah right this is where the complaints start coming in. When I see land rendering in in the distance and I see models that are unfinished and shading that is unfinished, um, I it's unacceptable. It re- yeah. And that's where the basis of the criticism is going on right now is that this game doesn't look next-gen and in the, an attempt to sort of capture that old cartoony art style mm-hmm. they've gone and they've sort of they might have lost on something they've made you know? things plastic looking right yeah but here's the thing though this um build of the game could well be six months old because of the insane um Circumstances of which you need to get E3 demos out. And this isn't E3, but this is probably the demo they were going to show at E3. Um, so this is probably a really old build because they also released not only alongside like the demo, they released a story trailer. And the story trailer used mm-hmm. some of the same shots, but people are making comparisons between the demo and the story trailer. And they were sh- showing that like the story trailer actually seemed to be a newer updated build of the game because certain it looked like almost a different engine entirely yeah. the beginning part of the reveal yeah so um no like not the, like they had the they had the the demo but then they also released a trailer which showed extra footage no no I, with are you talking about the bit with master chief uh, in the ship with no them, no it's, it's a different thing. oh like they, okay, sh- they okay. showed more that. gameplay right. but in like a trailer uh-huh. structure rather than a demo structure and the gameplay okay. within the trailer seemed like to be from a newer build because things were modeled better and there's better whatever and it, it just seemed like it was a better build of the game but even then like the mm. models within that trailer weren't spectacular and it's just I don't know and that's where I'm that's where I'm really skeptical and it's really got me worried because like this is supposed to be mm. this is supposed to be like holy fuck man it's like okay 
Cheney's at a loss for words essentially right now. We're not we're not having technical difficulties. I the man is speechless. This game, out of any Halo game, I was more accepting of like mechanics changes, right? Because yeah. this was supposed to be something new. This was supposed to be trailblazing again, right? This is this was their goal. Their their goal was to model themselves off the original Halo, which was groundbreaking for the time in terms of open level structure and and AI that interacted with the player and interacted between themselves when you fought them and vehicle gameplay and like this crazy diverse sandbox of weapons and vehicles and it's it's crazy and they were supposed to try to really evolve it again right the initial tagline for Halo 1 is combat evolved Right? That's the game. Halo Combat Evolved. This was supposed to be the evolution to the original vision. Um, and it's just disappointing that like the first step really out of the gate, right? We saw that fucking horse line up and I had so much money on that horse and it we just open up the gate and it trips a little. And I'm like, oh, for fuck sakes, man. Like, mm-hmm. like you had to kill it. You had to fucking kill it, and you just didn't. And I'm just, I was, I was, I was open. I was as open as I ever could be because I am a Halo OG guy, and I want the classic gameplay back. I wish it was back, but for this game, I knew it wasn't going to be back, and I was okay with that because I expected something new. And. All I got was, in terms of like the graphicals and and the look of it, not so much. The gameplay does intrigue me though. Um, yeah, that the I gotta say it didn't fully sell me, but there were bits of it that I found interesting, such as the grappling hook. I thought just the added maneuverability, kind of, because the rest of the game he was just like walking around, essentially, or in, in the demo, I mean, <clears throat> you know. Um, you compared it to Doom, so I'm gonna run with that for a second because I was thinking the same thing. Um, there are some similarities, just kind of in the shooter vibe of it, but you know where Doom is all about movement and traversal and kind of the rush of adrenaline that you feel as a player playing Doom and and how the whole mechanics of the game work around. I feel like this is the exact opposite. It's a chess of match. What that game is. Halo, like. Halo's what? a chess match, right? Different pieces have different strategies and have different strengths and different okay, I hear you. weaknesses, yeah. right? So when you, I, I hear you. So it's it's more methodical, I guess, maybe. But it's not. Is a like how shouldn't a first person shooter kind of be run and gun in that kind of sense? There of are like, run and gun throwing games. you in the danger, like. But no, no, I'm not trying to say Halo's not like because just trying. What I'm trying to say is like in this demo, like if you're trying to highlight a portion to sell the game, you know, like give us something as here's the tell-all of what the game is going to be and in, in in a small 30 second segment they they kind of fell flat on their face it felt like i was watching a ps4 video game reveal with ps3 game design and it like i was just uh, with very few kind of spotlight moments um but yeah nothing really was like dude this is like a 2020 video game that you gotta buy like you know, I could see kind of some aspects of what you're saying, like um, running true also in the fact of 
of being worried with that with that sandbox feel. But I also think that kind of that open world gives a good gives a interesting. That's why I want to get back to about. Um, I mentioned like my two favorite uh, levels in Halo history are from Halo One. Um, you have a mission called Halo, um, which is the second mission in Halo One. It's where you land on the ring. And then you have a mission called um, the Silent Cartographer, which is mission four. In Halo, the mission, you, um, as as you see in Halo Infinite, is a nice callback. Um, you crash land onto the Halo ring. And um, when you step out of the escape pod, it's like you don't have an objective marker. You don't have nothing. You have a violin just sort of playing in the background and you just look up and you have this valley. And you're like, it doesn't tell you to do anything, but you just start walking and you start exploring. And it's just like, it's that incentive to just do it was so strong within the level design that it's great. And then in the second half of that level, you, you're given a warthog, which is the, the vehicle. And you go through a cave and then you open up to this valley, right? And you're told that there's Marines scattered in other life pods around here and we can rally them up and we can sort of start to get a resistance going. And it doesn't tell you where they are. It doesn't tell you, um, you know, how to, how to help them, what to do with them. Um, you just go out and you drive and you explore and then you find stuff and and like you get rewarded for the exploration within the level right and then within the sound cartographer the fourth mission it's sort of the same thing all you're doing is is you're plopped onto this island and you're given like we need to find the silent cartographer so we can get a better layout of halo and it's like go do it right and then you just you just go around and you like you explore and you the level sort of plays out itself right um these are like these were like groundbreaking in terms of level design within first person shooters um and this is sort of the premise of halo infinite and that's where they sort of got the open world design it's like um you're obviously going to have some linearity within the story um and you're going to be incentivized to do certain missions, but it seems like the way you conduct those missions is going to be totally up to you. And, and you can see that within like the maps they have, you have like the map, which, which is interesting. Cause like you have the three main mission markers, but then there's other, um, stuff around there for you to explore. Um, there's even an upgrade system. It seems because with, when they hit pause and you, and you, it shows the map next to the map it has upgrades right so you're able to like upgrade your equipment so they're doing something completely different to what halo's used to and to what sort of first person shooters are used to because like with with doom it's like yeah you have an upgrade tree and stuff like that but it's like it's it is like it is like i hate this like between linear and non-linear people think linear bad non-linear good that's not true like both are just different you know what i mean 
Mm. Right? No, linear can be yeah. great. At, so Doom know, is linear. Who cares? Right? Still great. Yeah, for sure. And great game. Right. Yeah. So you have that linear upgrade tree level pathway through Doom, which is run and gun. Um, and you sort of take that upgrade idea and apply it to Halo, but with those two missions as inspiration. And it's like you, you really kind of do have a new game. And a lot of people are saying this is a Destiny clone. It's like, no, Destiny is like an MMO, dude. It's like, I'm not going to meet other Master Chiefs while I'm out, right? This is different. This is like a, a, I don't know. I don't know what this is. And that's why I was open to it is because I don't know how this is going to play out. This could be like, if like, man, this is like, they say it's larger than both Halo 4 and Halo 5's campaigns combined in terms of size of how much area you can explore. So that's pretty fucking big. Um, I just don't know how they're going to be able to stretch that out. And that's where I'm worried. And if they can do it, this is something I could probably sink... 30 plus hours into just in the campaign alone if if they can do something like that because like guess yeah. what well they've had five years to work on it right so in an open world that means a lot of time programming ais programming npcs like you can get hopefully you know hopefully they do some interesting it's, stuff it's like it is and they are calling back and it's not in like they are calling back to legacy fans like me because but it's not in like a nostalgic standpoint. Like, yeah, maybe the art style is more nostalgic of what I'm used to, but like, I just think that's an objectively better art style because like, if you look at the Halo 4 and 5 art style, like a lot of it's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. Like when you, when you see the elites, which I've showed you an example of, um, are those slim guys with like the, the pincer mouths, right? When you have, um, the, those in Halo 4 and 5, like, they just get scaled up and brutished out, and, like, they defy Darwinism because their pincers are, like, if they were to close their mouths, they'd go over their eyeballs and shit like that. It was just, like, was over-designed trash, I thought. And it would... <laughs> they defied Darwinism. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> in Halo, there's Darwinism. <laughs> so, um... It was just over-designed, and it didn't need to be redesigned because there was, like, really nothing wrong with the old art style you could just update it and that that was that held true with the halo 2 anniversary because they didn't use the new models they used the old art style because they kind of had to they just updated it and it looked beautiful like halo 2 anniversary is like the best looking halo right now in my opinion anyways so yeah with the art style they are harking back to that nostalgic feeling with min me but the other callback of like that feeling of me wanting to just get out there in a warthog and explore a halo ring it's still there and i want to do that so badly yeah and it's not a nostalgic feeling it feels like a natural evolution of how the halo um campaign should evolve and that's why i'm open to new gameplay mechanics because i feel like halo should be something new now in a lot of ways as as to how God of War is way different than how God of War used to be, but it's still God of War. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, that's good to hear that you're open-minded to it, you know? Like, you, I, I know what you mean when there's those kind of, you can people can be closed-minded when new evolutions to th- franchises or legacy stuff like that happens. So I think that's also important. And is there any, any other final thoughts you kind of want to share? The di- here's the difference between now and then, because then with Halo 4 and 5, um, they were just following trends, right? They didn't try to be a trendsetter like Halo always was. They were just following trends and they sort of ignored the, the the favorite thing within the Halo community, which was the sandbox and how we got to play with that and, and create memorable experiences and stretch out the longevity of the game, right? Um, Halo 4 and 5 sort of ignored that. Like with Halo 4, you had a lot of guns that just served the same purpose. And a lot of guns that were just completely useless. And within Halo 5, vehicle gameplay became useless. And every gun was useful, which was annoying. Every gun was useful for every situation, which was annoying. So, um, it feels like this is the right time to try something actually new. Because they are trying to do something new. They're not trying to do something that other people are doing. Right? Halo 4 tried to hearken to COD fans, try to incentivize them to come. Halo 5 tried to hearken to like Titanfall and other COD fans to try to come and enjoy the enhanced mobility. It's like, no. Carve out your own section. We've had this conversation before with other video games, like in terms of first-person shooters. Like, carve out your own section and, and then make it like you need to play it. You know what I mean? Titanfall grabbed you, right? It um I never played it, but like I know how great it, it looks and how great it can be, right? But like when I go to Call of Duty, I'm not trying to play Titanfall. And when I go to Halo, I'm not trying to play Call of Duty, right? So Halo needs to carve out its own section again. It needs to start over. Cuz Halo 5 was such a disaster, it just needs to scrap it. We need to do something different. And that's the same feeling how I get with Star Wars. I don't want them... I want them just to fucking do something completely new, go somewhere I've never seen that isn't really related to anything else. And Halo 5... or um, Halo Infinite can't really do that, but they're trying their best. Because they know. And they did listen to criticisms. Um, but again, I'm still just worried about that um still just worried about them trying to please everybody but we'll see um what did you think about the the rest of the Xbox event though <clears throat> I actually was pleasant like um I'm a little disheartened cuz I didn't see a lot of gameplay but in terms of the titles that are coming I'm highly intrigued by actually more than I thought I'd be initially um So you got, obviously, Halo Infinite, which is the flagship. Um, I don't even know what State of Decay is, but um, I imagine it's some zombie game. Um, Here's one thing that I'm super happy that Xbox got. So Xbox bought up Obsidian Entertainment. Um, are you familiar with their work? They made um, 
the Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds. Here's their here's their um, resume, and it's it's a good one. Um, I won't name off everything, but I'll name off the big boys. They made Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic two, the Sith Lords, which was um, considered better than the first one, and they only had nine months to make it. So these guys are talented. Um, they made Fallout New Vegas, which is considered the best Fallout game to a lot of people in terms of RPG elements. They made South Park and the Stick of Truth. And yes, they made The Outer Worlds, which I played, which was sort of disappointing in a lot of ways. But um, still, these guys know what they're doing doing in, ter- in terms of RPGs. So um, when I saw that they're going to have an exclusive RPG to Xbox um, set in a fantasy genre that got me super pumped. And that's the, uh, that avowed Mm -hmm. trailer. Yeah. That's, that's the only one I could say that really looked interesting to me. Really? Cause you're not, you're not really a fantasy guy. I'm not really a fantasy guy, but um, what did they say in that, in the kind of marketing of that? They, uh, I forget what they said, but something like, kind of drew me into it i guess the idea like your first person style gameplay but you don't it's not a shooter it's not uh, the kind of uh cliche that we're just been Mm -hmm. getting and he has a he's running with a broadsword and the world looks interesting and there's some kind of magic involved so i don't know it's it's new to me i think Um, maybe might be more I haven't played Skyrim, no. And I I think I might just be more willing to give it a shot now. Yeah, it's... it's Like the fantasy genre, I'm saying. Yeah, it seemed very reminiscent of Skyrim. Although I do think this will be more so into, like, the RPG elements of, like, actually talking and conversing and having skill checks and whatnot compared to what Skyrim was, which was less so that, but, like, I still... Other than Halo, I don't know if there's a single video game I've sunk more time into. Um um yeah but there was there was nothing like i know this was just kind of like a trailer reveal kind of uh event yeah. nothing heavily focusing on gameplay but i mean this is like this was supposed to be microsoft's like big title showcase you know kind of trying to at least like introduce what players can expect like reasons if not anything else but reasons why you should consider an xbox over a playstation their biggest competitor and I think one of the reasons people might buy a PS4 or, or PS5 over the new Xbox will be because, you know, they're familiar with more of the games releasing on, on the PlayStation or they've played previous games like the, the original Spider-Man or um, what's it called? Uh, Horizon, the, the Horizon uh, mm-hmm. series, which is coming out with a sequel for the PlayStation 5. So other than tetris there was nothing you know like the tetris reveal was cool i guess here's the thing um like it's weird um because like a lot of these are lesser known sequels but for the yeah there were a few sequels yeah there, I, I mean yeah i but for the, word, like I the people this was weird this is like a weird theme that would happen throughout all of the xbox like a lot of these are like lesser known titles sequels but like the original games are cult classics, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, um, I wouldn't say like necessarily Hellblade, um, Senua's Saga is a cult classic. That's still more of a recent game. But people who played um, Hellblade 1 
which has like a 96% on Steam's um, reviews, um, are were pissed because they didn't get Hellplay 2 footage. Because again, it was like more of a trailer showcase. But like, there's still that want though for Hellblade 2. That actually looked cool. Senu- Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice yeah. or whatever. Um, that's the one that they, I think, announced. I know. That looked kind of cool, other too. Other things like Psychonauts 2. I know Psychonauts has a pretty decent cult following. And it's like a old school, like a, you know those old Spongebob games? I couldn't figure that one out. I, yeah, it, it looked kind of like like that, yeah. kind of what you're talking about. So but like, I couldn't figure out what that game Psychonauts originally about. is like a Spongebob type platformer game, right? It's like a collectathon platformer. So it's for people that like that shit, right? And Psychonauts 2 was like a long, long awaited sequel. So um, people are super stoked about that. Here's another, like, one trailer that sort of grabbed my mind was uh, Stalker 2. Which would. That looked cool. That lo- Stalker 2 looked cool. I'll say that too. That kind of gave me a, a very interesting vibe. And I found. Very like. And it's another one of those. Yeah, something I haven't seen cult before. Classic sequels because I, I Stalker Two. What's when? When did the original Stalker come out? It came out in two thousand and seven. Right. Which is crazy. Like there's just, there. It's just a lot of these long-awaited sequels, um, and it kind of interest. I thought this was actually in reference to the film Stalker. I thought that's what it was the whole no, time. No, it's like it is no, it not. It's Stalker Two is the sequel to a. Um, first-person horror, first-person shooter horror game called Stalker. And but that's not that's not in any reference to the film, the Russian film Stalker. It might be. Because mm. I was I was getting those vibes it's, from, it's the, set from in the trailer Chernobyl. that we saw. So yeah, and and the film Stalker, if I remember correctly, is kind of like, um, it's like it's in Russia, but it's set in like kind of like those nuclear waste, uh, like kind of places or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. But, um, so yeah, Avowed really grabbed my mind. I'm fucking, that looks so cool. Stalker grabbed my mind. I think, uh, sorry, I just wanted to confirm that. I think it actually is connected to the movie. Okay, that makes sense. That's really cool. Yeah, that's that's actually interesting. There's another game that really Um, um, stood out to me. And it stood out to me in E3 last year. And that's The Medium. Where you have those two, what's the, what's that those about? two rendered worlds at the same time with that? Yeah, right. What's the point of that though? What's the, they're like they're trying to flex how fast or how much they can render? Like no, because okay. it looks like, like it's like um, it looks like you have to like flip between worlds, um, to uh-huh. like find clues. Except in one world the demon that's hunting you is invisible and then you have to flip back to the other yeah. world to sort of see him and then interact with other things. So it's like, um, see the way they showed it. I, I see what you're saying. So you can, you're manually switching between like the you're switching the character through the way they showed it in the, in the trailer. And I kind of thought that too. I'm like, this would be interesting if you have the control over that. But in the trailer, they were like simultaneously showing the two different dimensions and it explicitly said, oh, we're going to simultaneously render two different game worlds or whatever like that. So I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm going to be watching, if I'm playing this game, I'm going to watch the same thing, essentially, like that kind mm-hmm. of uh, split screen effect. And I was like, that's kind of stupid. I don't you know? think that's... But yeah, if... I think it's... I think it is if, the if, switching between the two and like... The switching. Yeah. yeah. If it's that, if it's that, and, and also 
it looked like it's one is a normal human character kind of walking through the world of a haunted kind of asylum whatever that building is a haunted asylum yeah and then the flipped version of that she has some kind of abilities or powers so in like some that's an interesting wor- dynamic with like a boogeyman who has a great voice actor by the yeah. way i was like actually like like the 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 voice lines were like actually creepy and they actually gave me a little bit of goosebumps when i was watching it when like he's saying like just let me touch you in that weird voice it was like yeah that was creepy yeah. as fuck yeah um uh, <laughs> yeah i i'm just i was wondering the whole time like who is their audience with this event like who are they trying to sell to here's here? the thing you know i think they're it's weird i know this is okay do you know how xbox game pass works yeah it's it's like uh it's like the playstation now can i i was subscribed to that so i kind of think of it like that no it's not so like when you're subscribed to the xbox game pass you can play all their exclusives just off of the xbox games pass you don't need to actually buy the video games right uh-huh. Okay. So if I'm subscribed to the Xbox Game Pass through my PC, I can play all my games on my PC. But then I still have the cloud memory. So if I were to get an Xbox, which is far more portable, I could bring it around and still play all my games. Right? Your PC yeah. games? Mm-hmm. And it's more of a subscription mm-hmm. service, right? It's more of um yeah no they were selling they were kind of uh hyping up the game pass a lot yeah in the, in the th- whole so thing. it's like if you subscribe to the game pass you don't actually need to buy halo you don't actually need to buy forza you, you don't need right. to buy a yeah. or hellblade you can just download it and play it when you want on whatever yeah. system you but have here's xbox the thing. game if, pass on right so if you have the Xbox One X or the Series X or not the Series X, the, the, the regular Xbox mm. One. Like, basically, okay, buy the Game Pass, play the new Halo, play all the new games that they're announcing. But, sh- I mean, I guess this event, the whole thing wasn't catered towards the Xbox Series X specifically. It wasn't too much for that. But I feel like that's what they're, you know, like, should be kind of trying to do is, like, engage people like me necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, like, Okay, now I have a PC and I'm, I'm enjoying gaming on that. So I have two primary systems to game off of. It's less likely now that I'm going to experiment with another, you know, like a third option and, and another company like Microsoft, mm-hmm. you know, because I haven't gamed Xbox in like years. Uh, like, and the way it's looking now, just off this, none of the titles are really of interest. Like if I, if you told me, dude, Infinity is great. There's some aspects you would really love of it. Okay, awesome. I have an Xbox One. I'll I'll try it out on Game Pass. I'll try it on, you know, like if Game Pass is cheaper also, then that just makes more sense to try it on your old console before you invest money into, you know, the next generation. And there was not a vibe, a single drop of like, get ready for the next generation of video games from this uh, event. I know what you mean. Like, I didn't get that at all. But I think their business model is um, get people on the subscription service because that's where you make bank right so then what's the point of releasing a new system you know like just make because a, the system like the games they're advertising are best played on right yeah they want to optimize, optimize for the this series concept. x 
So not even necessarily yeah. for PC, which I doubt, but like, um, oh no, but it, wouldn't they be though? Because like optimized for Series X essentially means it runs at sixty frames per se- uh, sixty frames per mm-hmm. second at four K. Yeah, but you could you and could most PCs, do... if you have the right graphics card and stuff, will do that. Yeah, exactly. Which is right again, so. just the selling point to people, but. Yeah, and like, and I feel like most of the audience for micro, like things like Halo and and the games that they offer and the whole platform, most of their audience are PC gamers, you know. Uh, and if you have a PC, like this is what I feel: if I have a PC, why the fuck would I want to buy an Xbox when all the games are are gonna transfer over? You have Game Pass, you know. You have, uh, in some cases, higher end specs, um, and and the ability to like configure the system going forward there's there was nothing in it that was like hyping hyping it to me at all no me neither um you know i just kind of watched this event to see you know what's coming to pc turns out a lot of it is um a lot of it is almost all of it is right almost which which is cool there's some that i would check out on pc yeah yeah like even halo infinite is the first halo to ever be simultaneously released on both an xbox and a uh, and a PC launch, so I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. And to be honest, I think there's a lot um, richer businessmen who have figured out why they're doing what they're doing. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I I will see. Um, it's not like I'm not disappointed that they because. You'd have to admit this is a step in the right direction in terms of like... It, yeah, I was going to say that too. It's like they're focusing a lot maybe on the quality of their games a little bit better. They're you know, focusing like the, like the, the stories they want to tell like, or the original type of games that they want to make. you got to remember it was like two years ago that they obtained all these studios, right? Right. So they just, they just got all these studios, a bunch of them, and I guess their sell or their... Yeah, I don't know. Their sales pitch is just, you know, look at all these games we have, and if you get our games pass, you can play all these for a fee a month, but all these are designed to play better on this specific system, which is much cheaper than a PC. So for the people that really care about that, that's true, also true, also true. So there's that. Um but also, I think, like, this might take time to grow. You know what I mean? This this nice garden that they've planted needs some time to, to grow. So when I see, you know, gameplay for Avowed, or I see gameplay for Fable, which a lot of people are super excited for, which is crazy. When I see gameplay for Stalker 2, for, for you know, and then, you know, and then they showed at the end of the event, like they're, they're still missing like 20 studios and what they're working on. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I still think that. So I hope they're better. Yeah. I hope there's more stuff like good stuff in the pipeline, maybe because it seemed like a lot of these were almost like indie kind of game, maybe game developers or just kind of like B games. What like not a triple A, not necessarily triple A title. Right. They're know? banking on Halo Infinite to be that big triple A title at launch. And to be honest, it will be right. Yeah. It really will be, and I'm, I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Halo's gonna sell. Um, I think it even sell better than Halo Five. 
because I think the question is it's no doubt that Halo will sell. You know, there's too many passionate fans out there, but I think the big question is now is how many fans or how many I mean gamers players can you bring back from PlayStation? You know, who have quietly snagged like so much people away and like with their original titles and everything like that. Like, how will this become like a fair battle? To be honest, you know, um, when I'm looking at the console market, the Game Pass seems more, um, I don't know, attractive to me in a way, in terms of like, because I I like to pick up and put down a lot of games. A lot of the time, yeah, um, yeah. So, so to be able to cycle through games without having to worry about spending seventy dollars every few weeks um, is really um, exciting to me. Well, yeah, it's like the Netflix of video games, essentially. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but PlayStation has their version of that too. You know, it's. But I don't think it has as many good titles, maybe. I think Xboxes actually have a better game streaming platform with Game Pass, but, um, like, I I I tried it out. I tried PlayStation Now out, and you're right. Like, it's it's exactly like how I think it's gonna be. It's it's all gonna be that in that direction. Like, I think slowly when the titles start getting better and what they put in those kind of things, like. I could see myself just kind of subscribing to one of these kind of services, pay 15, 20 bucks a month or whatever, and kind of hang on those games unless there's like specialty titles that I'm really looking forward to. But yeah, it's that's how I see the future of gaming. So if Xbox is really banking on that, then, you know, maybe maybe it's worth it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- you know, I think that. they're um, in it for the for the long haul in terms of this. Um I'm trying to look at the fucking big list of studios that they have. Oh, wow. Mm. What do they got here? Yeah, they got like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I'm reading, I'm reading some feedback also for this, uh, for the Halo thing right now. And it's, Kind of a lot of people are sharing the same sentiment that we're talking about. It's yeah, I'm I pretty much not too impressive. Um, again, I'm the I'm the new I'm like dead center. Um, you're in the you're trying to be in the I middle. I was ground, incredibly yeah. whelmed by the uh, reveal. Um, right, so it it, it kind of met your I don't maybe met your expectations or surprised you uh, pleasantly. Oh. Um, I'd say it met my expectations. Uh, I didn't try. No, that's not true. No, I had way too high expectations for this. Um, but you know what? Like after like being able to digest that and not knowing how to feel for a good five hours, um, I think being able to sit back, I, I just had to be more patient. Um, they're gonna show multiplayer soon, within the next couple months. Um, yeah, they'll probably get into more kind of explanation of the gameplay and stuff like that. But what usually gets me with launch with trailers like this—not launch trailers, but you know—it's like the year the game is going to come out and stuff. Usually, the graphics, the performance, stuff like that, is better in the trailers than the actual game. 
it's it's almost like they they hype it to an extent. They kind of go a little above and beyond, trying to overdo things or like kind of add touches that won't necessarily play out in the in the final. That hasn't version. happened with and, other Halo games, like three four three. Um, I remember in Halo Five, they were specifically criticized for how things looked in the beta, and they significantly improved it by launch. So. Um, yeah, this is just like one of those kind of opposite situations. Though. This is like where the game—it's almost like you're you're scared a little bit. Like, hopefully, if, if there's you know if there's enough time to 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 clean things up, hopefully. They and they have to because right now, even the own Halo subreddit is roasting it.